All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, October 31st of 2023. It is Halloween. Uh, you know, hope you guys have a great Halloween today. Hope you guys get dressed up and have some fun. If you guys have families and kids, you know, enjoy the day and uh, let them eat as much candy as they like. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at Saber Sim. This is not my real hair, okay? I am calling myself uh, Saber Garth today, okay, guys? Saber Garth for the day. So if you guys haven't tuned into this show before, uh, it's a show where we go over, you know, the SaberSim app, uh, talk to you guys about any questions you guys have, DFS related, how to use the app, et cetera, here. You can get your questions in one of three ways. First off, send us an email, support at SaberSim. Dot com. Second way, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, want to get access to that channel, there's a link in the description of this video. You get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels. You can ask sport-specific questions. You can uh, get get uh, you know feedback from other members of the community, other members of the SaberSim team here. So a bunch of good reasons to be in the Discord. But with that said... Going to get the app pulled up here. And as always, want to remind you guys, if you guys are not signed up for our weekly max challenge, get signed up. The link to this page is in the description of this video. You get access to weekly prizes, season-long prizes. All you need to do, use the SaberSim logo as your avatar on DraftKings. Fill out our short form so we can send you guys gear. And then max enter one of the 150 max uh, mini max contests on the DraftKings Sunday main slate. But... With that said, going to get Saberson pulled up here. It looks like we have a three-game NBA slate today. And then usually Tuesdays have big hockey slates. So uh, actually only a two-game hockey slate. So a couple of short slates today. We could talk some short slate strategy. I do believe the um, World Series is back today for game three. So it should be a good game. Again, been a very fun series here. But plenty of DFS to play today. If you guys aren't signed up with us, want to check us out. We do have a five-day free trial, which you can learn more about in the description of this video. But Looks like our first question came in. Looks like there was some back and forth with Al PhD. I'm going to skip that one. Looks like our first question here came in from Point Blank. Point Blank said, Is there a way of looking at SaberSim's lineups without any outside info to try to add value post build? With traditional optimizers, there might be a leverage column that highlights the upside versus expected ownership or maybe a DVP game pace, et cetera. I'm having trouble looking at the lineups post build, figuring out where I might want to take a stand or not take one. Okay. Yeah. There's a couple of different ways that I would suggest like doing this. So I'm just going to kick off a build here and I'm just going to build 500 lineups for ease here. So, once these lineups kick off, uh, so we do have a leverage column. The leverage column is basically just the exposure in your lineups minus the ownership of the player in the contest. So if I were to uh, scroll over here to the side, I'm going to see exposure. I'm going to see leverage. And all leverages take the exposure 95% minus this 26.1% ownership. This tells you, you know, uh, positive leverage means that when the player does good, that benefits your set of lineups more than the average user's set of lineups. And then when the leverage is negative, which you can inversely sort here, you know, if Donovan Mitchell were to have a good game, that would hurt you. And then if he were to have a bad game, that would 
effectively hurt the other lineups in the contest more than it hurts your lineup since you have zero shares of this player. So leverage is a good way to look at it. What I personally like to do is balance leverage with pool percent here. So exposure shows, hey, in my top lineups, how often is this player coming up? So, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. is in 19 out of my 20 top lineups, which is 95%. But when I look at my pool, he's in 50%. So out of my 500 lineups, he's showing up in about half of them here, right? So that tells me that, hey, Wendell Carter Jr. probably is a, still a really good play because, because even in a 500 lineup sample, he's still showing up in the entire pool about twice as much as his ownership here. So I personally like to weight the positive leverages that I'm seeing with the pool percentages compared to the ownership. So basically there's like leverage. And then I'm thinking about pool leverage, which is the pool percent minus the ownership here. And then I am weighing those factors, trying to decide how much of a player I want to expose myself to. And then you can do it the reverse, right? Like, Hey, I have, my highest negative leverage is Donovan Mitchell. I see here that, you know, his pool percent is about 28%. His ownership is about 35. He's like a little bit negative leverage in my pool overall, but it's not terrible, right? It's not somebody as bad as like Drew Eubanks. It's like somebody that I would probably not want to play at all here where he's in 3% of my pool lineups and he's projected to be on 23%. Saberson is basically saying he's like a really bad play. And then someone like Dean Wayne is like really interesting, right? Because his pool percent is 27%. His ownership is 21. So in your, in our entire pool of lineups, we actually kind of like him compared to his ownership, but he's just not showing up in any of the top lineups here. So this is kind of the exercise that I would go through when trying to decide, uh, you know, some of the stands that you're taking some of the risk here and, and make those decisions on a player by player basis. So that's what I like to do here. I think that is a solid, uh, thing that you can check out and, and, uh, you know, try and add some value that way. So check that out here. And then just really quickly here, I do want to, uh, do this. So next question from JB Jeffarian question says, is it safer to use straight ROI as a sorting method for NBA versus MLB? due to less variance seems like it gives me much more palatable lineups than in MLB. Yeah. I think this is an interesting question, right? Um, MLB is like so high variance. And then when you're sorting by ROI, like you're just going to get these super high leverage stacks. I think it really comes down to like the correlation aspect of MLB. Like, Hey, when this player does good, you know, his teammate does good. And then his other teammate does good. And then you get this compound stacking in, in NBA, a lot less positive correlation here. So maybe you're seeing some lineups that aren't so high leveraged here, but what I would say is that, you know, sort by these different metrics, sort by risk adjusted ROI, sort by ROI, and then just, just see if the lineups pass the eye test for you. Like you said, Oh, you know, these lineups seem a lot more palatable. Like, Hey, if they are more palatable to you, then feel comfortable playing them. Like, you know, use the different sorting metrics to find sets of lineups and exposure percentages that really like uh, make sense to you as a, on a risk tolerance level and then play those sets of lineups, right? So we have so many different sorting methods. I think that it's still okay to use Sabre scores. I think it's still okay to build custom metrics and, and manage your variance that way. Maybe you'll build a custom metric with 
ROI and some other metrics, and then you group those together. So I would do all those things and just find a set of line, uh, set of lineups that, that makes sense to you and that you feel comfortable playing on any given night. Next question. Does contest flashback work with owner's box? So it does not. So right now it only works with DraftKings here. Uh, owner's box is similar to FanDuel in the sense that they do not have a CSV that you can download after a slate or during a slate. They're not, not making that contest information available. So it is through that, you know, contest CSV that we are able to get the information and then adapt it into the app. So uh, that information not currently available, so only available on DraftKings at the moment. All right, question from the piano teacher. Question says, sliding this load. Question says, for NBA, I know it suggests we keep the correlation slider low for builds. I get that since NBA is the least correlated sport. However, the correlations between players and SaberSim are mostly negative except for some positive correlated players on the opposite team. So shouldn't that be a good thing to boost overall? Uh, what's the downside of more correlation based on the Saberson numbers in NBA? Thanks. Okay, I think this is a really good question. So let's just like uh, take an example, right? If we go to our player list here, just look at the highest projected player on the slate, Kevin Durant at the moment here. When I click on him, we're going to see that he basically has no positive correlations, like very, very low, but his biggest correlations are all negative, right? In the grand scheme of things, these correlations are low. When your highest correlation in, in a, from an absolute value terms in either direction is 0.07, that's fairly low, right? If you look at NFL and you see the wide receiver to quarterback correlation, like those are 0 0.3, 0 0.4. Those are very high. If you look at Baseball, you're going to see like some 0 0.2 correlations, some 0. You know, 16, right? So those correlations are two times as big, five times as big, depending. So really, we I, I think that it really comes down to there's not a a ton of good reason to amplify those correlations. There is like a uh, understanding that if Kevin Durant is shooting the ball, well, that means that Devin Booker is not shooting the ball and he is directly taking the ball out of his hands. So like in, in NBA, there's kind of only so many fantasy points to go around per team. I think that's why a lot of people use the, um, use the rule of like, Hey, use no more than three players per team. Uh, as like a uh, general type of heuristic rule. Like, you know, it's not to say that heuristics are, are bad. It's just that, you know, there are times where there are exceptions to the rule where, you know, it might make sense to turn that rule off, but like as a baseline, I think that's fine. And then it's grounded kind of in that information type of uh, idea that we were just speaking about. So generally, you know, not the best idea to play so many players from the same team for NBA here. And the builder is going to do a good job of making sure that, you know, uncorrelated players don't end up in the lineup together, but that doesn't mean that they never should, right? Uh, sometimes you're going to get like these shootout type of games where the the raw points that the players are scoring are overcoming the negative correlation effects from the correlation slider, and it makes sense to play them together. So really that's what it comes down to. So I, I, I prefer not to adjust it, but if you did want to adjust it, you know, run some test builds, uh, test things out, see how it goes. Like, hey, you know, I ran a test build 
and I increased my correlation slider. You know, these are the lineups that I got. And then I open up a new build workspace. I run a new set of lineups with the correlation slider even higher. What do those lineups look like? Like you don't only have to use the build lineups button to build your actual lineups. Just come in here, run test builds, see how everything is going and, and get some feedback on what different changes in the app do to your lineups. All right. Question from Bill's nut question says, what strategy would you use for NBA 20 max contests? Using contest sims, I've seen a number of Saber Sim Binks in 20 Max NFL Showdown and NBA contests the last few days, and I'm looking to get guidance on process and settings I could use to help me improve my process. Okay, great question here. So what I would say is that you know we we're we're we're, we're still releasing content kind of around these things, so don't be too hard on yourself. Go to our playlist channel. You're going to see a couple of videos to get you started here. So the first one is Jordan's first look video. The second one is talking about all things like projections, live Sims. The third one is the contest review show that Max and I did over the weekend here. Make sure to check this video out. This video just came out helping you to build a strong uh, contest review process for the NBA season here. So that, those are always a good place to start. I would say that, you know, my 20 max strategy, like, like when I think of NBA strategy, I don't think of, Different strategy for 20 max, different strategy for 150 max, different strategy for single entry. Like I kind of group it all together, right? Trying to do some of the similar things here, but then ultimately let SaberSim decide what is best. So what I like to do here is I'm more of a research person. We're going to be releasing a video kind of around NBA research pretty soon coming up here. But if you wanted to go back to last season here, how to beat NBA DFS in 2022, uh, this video here, upgrade your NBA DFS process with this NBA research strategy here. This was a video with me and Jordan talking about research tools that I use and, and think about when playing NBA DFS. So that's a great video. Uh, just because it's from last season does not mean that it still holds, doesn't hold any value in, in today, in 2023 NBA here. So really, um, you know, the tools have only gotten better since last season with the live ownership, with the live projections. So Take advantage of those things. Uh, just remember that in back testing that we did last year, we learned that a long-term winning DFS player still only has six to eight profitable days in a month. And we're talking like any profit, not, not binking. So it really only takes a couple of wins in a season to pay for all of your losses and make you a winning player on top of that here. So be on the lookout for our how to beat NBA 2023 video should be dropping this week and then watch some of those older videos and that should give you a great place to get started. All right. And it's a binket said, can you talk about what contests to enter with $150 for the round one PGA tour showdown slate. Uh, yeah. So this is really going to like fall back to our profit plan here. So like what I would do is do a refresher, right. On the DFS profit plan on our homepage here. So start winning more with our DFS profit plan. You could watch Jordan apply the profit plan to the DraftKings lobby for NFL. In this video here, the seven keys to double your NFL DFS ROI in 2023. It's a refresher on the profit plan. It's how he applies it in the DraftKings lobby. And still, you know, focus on those contests under $3. Once you have to go above $3, if there are contests where the price pool is less than $25,000 and still below $5, play those contests and then go from there, right? But make sure to use that like 60, 40, 75, 25 principle of 
playing 75% of your action in, in those 20 max, 150 max contests, playing 25 to 40% of your action in those single entries and three maxes to try and smooth out the swings of variance while still allowing you to grow your bankroll. I think that, you know, sport by sport, uh, the profit plan still holds true and is a solid, solid method for trying to grow your bankroll in DFS. All right. Uh, GA33 asked a question here, and I did answer it, but I do want to cover this for everybody here. Question says, for NBA and min uniques, I'm following the one less than the max allowed min unique process after late swap. The min uniques go back to one. Should I then set the min unique again to one less than the max? Great question. So when you late swap, we do not maintain your min uniques when we build your lineups. Instead, it is still a post-build filter. So if you run a late swap, then the builder is going to revert back to min uniques of one. You just need to come in here and, and change it again. And then from there, I think as the night goes on, you can expect to get to less min uniques as the night goes on. And sometimes you're going to want to lower that number of min uniques because maybe value opens up and you want to get to as much of that value as possible. But if you're putting a minimum unique constraint on the builder, then you might not get as much shares of that huge value that opened up as you might if you lower that min unique value. So be comfortable with using less min uniques as the night goes on to make sure that you can get the correct amount of lineups in your swaps here and get to as much value as possible. But generally, I would try and maintain my min unique value, but be okay lowering it if needed. All right. And then a follow-up here from GA33. Question says, do I find out the max min uniques allowed again with the late swap build and then do one less? I find that number is different sometimes than what I set in the original build. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of a follow-up to exactly what we just talked about. Uh, the number can definitely change based on the late swap build and how those lineups were constructed. All right. BKP dad said, I know this has been mentioned a few times, but I would like a video to save so I can go back and look at it when late swapping. After the game start, do you rebuild lineups or do you just hit the green sim button and it will update new players in the lineups and keep players whose games have already started. Okay, great question. So really quickly here, if you go to the top right menu here, you go to help, you open up our support library. We have this video down here, how to late swap. Okay, this is a new tutorial for NBA season. I recorded this about a week ago here. So this is as, as fresh a late swap video as you are going to find on our site here. When you late swap, so let's say that, you know, you build your lineups with this build one, and then you come in here, you right click, you use late swap, or you use the double arrows, you late swap. When you do your late swap, if you want to come back to this single build and rerun your next late swap for the next window, you can do that. So what I would do is run my late swap build. It's going to open up a new build workspace. It's going to be called swap. Well, you know, do your lineup, submit them, come back at the next window, refresh your projections. By refreshing your projections, what's going to happen is that SaberSim is going to understand, hey, you know, these new set of games have now locked. Let's lock in those players and then still allow you to rebuild your lineups from the same window. So I would do that here in this same window, and then you should be able to continue to use that single swap window for the rest of the night refreshing your projections as games lock. So I would do that. And then I would check out this tutorial to give you a once over 
of the new late swap process. All right. Question here from Ruff. Question says, can you walk us through your NBA late swap process? Curious on how you handle the contest sims when late swapping. Great question. So I, I would I would use the single build window. And what I would do is when I set up my contest sim, I would just make sure that I'm using the use live sims if available, use live field lineups if available. So these are toggled on by default, which I think is the correct thing. So really what I'm doing is, you know, oh, okay, this game locks. Let me come in. Let me re refresh projections. I'm usually waiting as, as like, as close to the next game start as I can. So you kind of have to go through the process, understand, hey, it usually takes me about five minutes to do this. So then I would start that process 10 minutes before just to have that buffer. But really what I'm trying to do is wait as long as I can so I can have as much information about the games that are already being played as possible, right? The, the further in the game you get, the more accurate those live projections get. And then the more accurate the live projections are, the more info the builder has to build you better lineups for the rest of the slate, right? It starts to understand, hey, you know, who is the must-have player for the early games? Who was the bust? Uh, what lineups are going to play good from here on out? So the longer you wait, the more accurate information you're going to have when making those decisions here. All right. It looks like uh, BKP Dad had a follow-up to Ruck's question here as well. Question was, uh, not when a player is out, I already know how to do that. I'd like to see what to do if a player in my lineup is not a starter and see if the Sims add a starter or keep that player in my lineup. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think that, you know, the late swap process is, you know, it's okay to play non-starters, right? There are plenty of guys who come off the bench, play a lot of minutes, do well off the bench. So, you know, you don't have to limit your lineups to only starters here, but I think that, you know, Watch that segment about that we just talked about with Rock and, and get some takeaways from that as well here. And then it looks like there was just a little bit of back and forth here. Uh, I will hit this follow-up from Rock. And then we have one more question in the Discord, and then we'll jump over to the YouTube chat. So follow-up was, it's a big rabbit hole. I really want to know the best way, make a contest sim for each contest or make two, one for MME, one for single entry. And when late swapping, I'm curious if Andrew... Runs a contest sim for each contest. A contest sim for MME and single entry or just uses one contest sim for all contests, maybe an average. Okay, great question here. So thank you for the additional details. So the way I like to do it is I am somebody who's like a little time sensitive with my process. So I like to have two builds and I like to take a contest as my proxy. So from those two buckets, from my single entries and three maxes, from my 20 max and 150s, what contest do I care the most about? This is either the contest where I have the most entry fees in or the contest where I care the most about the prize to first. And then what I will do is I will use that single contest for all of the lineups when late swapping to save time. And then I would do that for both buckets. If I'm in a super tight pinch, I would just pick a single contest and use it for all of my lineups. I don't like to do that, but I will do that in a pinch. So usually for me, it's like, say I'm playing, say I'm playing 420 maxes. I will pick the 20 max with the highest entry fee, and then I will use that for all of my 20 maxes, and then I will just have one contest sim for 80 lineups in that example, and then that saves me time. Like Time is always of essence when you're playing NBA, so you have to be able to do things quickly here, and you're going to have to make some sacrifices, but just remember that when news breaks, everybody in your contest has to react to, this, to the news with the same amount of time 
with the same time constraints. So Saber Sim, you know, is very automated with the Sims and the field lineups and the contest Sims are very fast. So I think that if you're using Saber Sim, you are using the fastest tool in the industry to react to news and rebuild your lineups that are very strong lineups that have a good chance of being, uh, you know, the best way to play based on the news that has just broke. So Saber Sim is a great tool for that. All right, last question here in the Office Hours channel. Question is, does Roto Tracker work with Owner's Box? And if not, is there a comparable way to see your historic performance on Owner's Box? So right now, from what I know, Roto Tracker does not work with Owner's Box. But the other thing is that uh, Owner's Box does not allow you to take like a uh, history of your contest to even put into Roto Tracker. So if that's something you're looking for, you know, I would reach out to their support team and just kind of put some pressure on them. Like, hey, if you guys could, you know, really make this, that would be great. And then if enough people do it, they'll put some emphasis on building that out. But I do think that, you know, uh, if 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 you got that from owner's box, right, then you can start hitting up Roto Tracker, but like, hey, you know, I want to add my owner's box CSV to my Roto Tracker. Can you guys, you know, start supporting it? And then, you know, you, you kind of uh, push them to get the ball rolling in those departments. But great questions. We're jumping over to the YouTube chat here. Question from, uh, I'm sorry, question from Drew. I'm really loving Saber Sim Ultimate as a big NBA fan. I'd be super stoked if you could add ball usage, fantasy points per dollar, and DVP. Thanks a bunch. Okay, so I'm happy to take these things back to the team as a feature request here. So DVP, uh, usage, and fantasy so we do have a fantasy points per dollar so that's going to be our value column here basically what value is it is projection divided by salary times a thousand here and then that is how you get this value column so it's my projection divided by salary times a thousand so if you want to see the best point per dollar plays the best fantasy point per dollar plays on a slate just come in here and sort by value and you'll be able to get that but i will definitely take the other recommendations back to the team here all right, Kyle said, would there be a way to use the new SaberSim live projections for something like Second Half Showdown? Feel like they would be a great source, a resource to use, but not sure the best way. Uh, so this is something that we've talked about internally here. Definitely something that our live sims would be great for in the future here. Just not something that we've built out yet. So, uh, you know, more details to come on that in the future here. All right, scrolling down here, question from Chuck said, how does SaberSim determine a lineup is blocked from first place? Uh, great question. So we basically determine like, hey, you know, if you have 270 points and another user has 280 points and you both have one player remaining, you know, we basically will say that, you know, how much salary is remaining. And then, you know, if, if we expect that lineup to have a certain player, then we would say your lineup is blocked. So let's say that, you know, you guys both have, you know, one player remaining, you're down by 10 points and you have 7,000 salary and the highest projected player is Yusuf Nurkic, well, hey, if you have, if if you're going to play Nurkic, well then, hey, you're probably going to be blocked. Maybe we will switch to Zach Collins or something like that. And then, and then you know, use Zach Collins in your lineup to give you a chance to have a higher win rate. But that's my understanding of how it works. All right, Car Park said, hey, thanks for doing this. And sorry if this has been answered already. When the projections have been updated on SaberSim, do I have to rebuild lineups? Great question here. So typically what I would do if you're playing NBA is wait till the lineups are confirmed for the game that starts at lock to run your final set of lineups. 
Um, a great resource for you guys here is Basketball Monster News Dashboard here. So if you go here, you can see any pending news, right? So for this first game, hey, Karis LeBert, questionable. Donovan Mitchell, questionable. If there were no questionables, then I would be a little more comfortable running my lineups ahead of time and then just checking to make sure that nothing changed with the start, with the expected starters here. Uh, in the Discord, actually, in the NBA Lineup Alerts channel, an hour prior to lock, when we run, when we run Sims, we actually have a a, a pop up that says, "Hey, you know, so and so player's projection moved by three points," and we call it a significant projection adjustment. So, if there are players whose fantasy points move more than two points, we will summarize that information for you in the NBA lineup alerts channel an hour prior to lock, and then through the rest of the night. So, if you build your lineups. You see the final sim runs, jump over to the Discord, look in the NBA lineup alerts channel. And then if there were no projection adjustments that moved that much, we will say no, no significant projection adjustments. So that's another really good way to tell if it is a good idea to rebuild your lineups or not. All right, scrolling down here. Next question from Jay said, seems like there are other contest sims coming to market. Do you foresee our edge decreasing as these other products come online? Um, I mean, you know, the market will get uh, more saturated with these products over time for sure. You know, I don't know if anybody's going to be doing the live stuff like we're doing. I, I haven't, you know, seen any other product related to that here. And I think that, you know, we are ahead of the game in that department. So we're always trying to innovate, always trying to stay ahead of the game and bring you guys the best products for using Saberson. Noah said, I can never get the right closers, 4K players for my MLB showdown lineups. Any advice? Mix and match. Uh, I would just say, you know, make sure that you're getting enough lineups down, right? Another great thing with the DFS Profit Plan is that you get to play a lot of lineups. You get to spread it out. You get to play some 20 max, 150 max. You can play some single entry, three max, right? You're going to be playing, you know, uh, hundreds of lineups a day if if you're playing, you know, some of these contests here, right? So, uh Following the profit plan, getting a lot of lineups down, it's just going to give you more shots on goal and then while staying within your bankroll parameters. Next question, what's the rule to take positions out of the utility spot? Great question. So we have a great tutorial on that in our frequently asked questions. You go to view more, pull up our support library, just type in flex here. And then it says how to control what players and positions are used in your flex here. This is a great tutorial, but basically it just covers, if you go to utility, if you right-click on position, you can say, hey, you know, maybe I don't want any centers in the utility. I could come into my centers. I can uncheck them all. I recheck all my players. And then now the centers are withdrawn from the utility spot. And then there is another way to do it with rules where I think it's like, okay, there's one center. So then I would set a rule here to say, use no more than one center, one center per lineup here, right? Use no more than one. And then I would say center. And then this will make sure that a second center does not go into my utility spot. So all of that is summed up in that video that I just mentioned right here. So go over to our help docs and then find that video for you here. Actually, I'll just paste it in the chat uh, to make it easily accessible. If you want to check that out. Noah said, trying to figure out a good mix of balance builds and extensive players, which means I need to add low price pitchers. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, to build a good lineup here. I think that uh, if you guys... Didn't know our week eight NFL review show went live earlier this morning with Max and I. So check this video out maybe later today, maybe after this show, 
talking all things week eight NFL DFS. Uh, one interesting takeaway from that video was that there were some high similar eye lineups. Some of them had a lot of ownership. Some of them had a little bit of ownership. And really, we just made the point that, you know, there are a lot of paths to victory. There's no one correct lineup profile. There are different lineup profiles and, and they can still do well from a sim ROI basis here. So check those out and, and, you know, get some ideas, but no right way to build the lineup. There are multiple ways to build winning lineups. Sal said, I've been sending in reports as per support's request, but I'm still waiting for a response. There was an issue with the late swap not working in the NFL. Should we be getting responses? Yeah, 100%. You should be getting responses. So just make sure you're using that report a problem button here. Um, I don't know what our backlog is at the moment here for getting back to you guys, but there's an issue, you know, just make sure to follow up with this here. And I apologize if we did not get back to you sooner. All right. It looks like that tutorial helped out. Uh, I'm going to go with Xavier here. So glad you were able to get your hands on that if you had not seen that before. But that does it for today's show, everybody. So thank you guys all for tuning in. We'll be right back here tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow I did have to move the show time to 3 p.m. Eastern. So tomorrow's show will be at 3 p.m. Eastern, but we will be back either way. So until then... Good luck tonight in your DFS contest. Hope you guys all have a great Halloween. Hope you guys enjoyed my wig, and I will see you guys all later. Take care.